Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy, and join me today for number two in the teaching on maturity and prayer as we talk about types of prayer, scriptures to stand on, the power of prayer and the assurance of prayer that if we stand on God's word, use the name of Jesus and use the simple things that God has laid out in the word of God, we can be assured of answers to prayer. Join me today as we talk about spiritual maturity and prayer. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome back to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Great to have you. I began a two-part series yesterday, I'll complete it today, on the prayers of maturity. And that is that maturity is designed by God to enhance your prayer life. And really, God only hears the prayers of mature believers. We sometimes think, well, I got born again. The first thing I want to do is prayer. We found out yesterday that really the first thing you need to be doing is studying God's word because prayer demands maturity in it. And so many people who pray today are just not mature. They just think they can pray for anything they want to. And yet there's guidelines that are found from the word of God to escort you through prayer because God wants you to have successful prayer. But we sometimes pull away from that and say, no, I just pray for anything I want to, not understanding even the Holy Spirit can't answer that prayer because it doesn't line up with the word of God. God has not exalted prayer above his name, but he has exalted his word above his name. And this is the first thing God wants you to do, become mature in the word of God. And as your maturity grows, so will the level of maturity of your prayers grow. And this is what God is looking for. So again, we uh, last yesterday, we ended talking about five different types of prayers. And today I want to talk about, again, the importance of maturity in your prayer life. What we're offering is my flash drive on the subject of prayer. There's three lessons on here. It deals with Old Testament prayer compared to New Testament prayer. You say, well, what's the difference? In the Old Testament, they were praying as servants of God. In the New Testament, we're praying as children of God. In the Old Testament, they prayed without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And in the Old Testament, they prayed without being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the power of praying in tongues has been given to us in the New Testament. So again, this is what's here. And the, the announcer will come on at halftime and tell you how you can have a copy of this all for yourself. And again, I want to say thank you to all of those who write in, tell us what a great, uh, again, blessing this broadcast has become. I want to read one today. And this is from Kyle, who says, wow, I'm glad I found your teaching. To God be the glory. I just can't get enough of your teaching. I know it's not just you, it's God that's using you to teach the masses about the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I'm not sure how big the masses are. It's growing every single day, but I'll just tell you one thing. I love what I'm doing, enjoying what I'm doing. And I think that's quite one thing that makes the, it become popular is I'm not just doing this because it's a job. I do it because I would do it if nobody was listening. I have taught to small crowds before of which many times a pastor will apologize for the few that are in there. But you know what? I'd preach if one showed up. I might be like Billy Graham before he ever started preaching to people. He just went out and preached to tree stumps. He would preach to anything just to get practice in preaching and just again to let out of him the things that were so built up. He just had to let them out. That's some days exactly what I feel with the word of God. Let's talk again about prayers of maturity. That's what this whole broadcast is about. Outside of prayer for fellowshipping with God, all prayer is for the mature, for the disciple, not just the convert. 
Again, even though a person may be born again, the first thing they want to do is pray. Well, just tell them, thank God for what he's done. Communicate with God his goodness and thank him for salvation. But as far as praying for the needs of yourself, the needs of other people, the needs of your nation, come back to understand the word of God first because God is not just looking for a prayer. He's looking for a correct prayer. And that's what we should be looking for too. God answers specific prayers, that is petitions, intercessions, and personal prayers according to certain guidelines. You know, I've heard people say, yeah, I know, you may not, but you know what? I believe in prayer. Well, that's just ignorance of God's word and ignorance for his plan for prayer. Well, I believe in prayer too, but you know what? I believe in proper prayer. God believes in prayer, but God wants correct prayer. That's the only types of prayer he will answer. And he sets down guidelines. So these are not laws, but these are guidelines. And on top of that, there's not hundreds of them. There's only certain ones. And God has told us what he believes in, wants us to believe in, and then he'll answer answer those prayers. It's as ignorant as saying, I believe in cashing checks. Well, that is ignorant. So you believe in cashing checks. There's a certain couple of things you need to do before you can cash checks. I love to cash checks. Well, I do too. But there's two things required. Opening a bank account gives you certain gifts and privileges. You might get a toaster. You might get an extra packet of checks or something like that. Certain privileges are attached to it, but you open a bank account. But that's only number one. You've got to go to number two. And that is you put money into that account. You can't cash a check without an account in the bank and then money in that account. And this is simply the way that prayer is. The first thing you must be is a Christian. You must accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and that opens up your account. But the next thing you do is you grow up, mature, begin to walk in God's word. You begin to put cash into that account so that one day when you write a check, and that is you have prayer, and you come to the Lord, in prayer, you have an account. You also have money in that account so that God can again cash that check out of that account. Getting saved is like opening up a bank account. A growing understanding of the word is your currency that you deposit in there. The first thing that would happen is if you came and said, I want to cash a check, they'd say, do you have an account at this bank? And do you have money in the account? No, but I believe in cashing checks. Well, that's not going to get you anywhere. And that's oftentimes what people say, I believe in prayer. Well, hallelujah, I believe in prayer too. But what have you done so that you can begin to prayer and pray in faith? So do you have an account this bank? Do you have money in this account? No, but I believe in cashing checks. Because you are born again does not mean you have sufficient capital to cash a prayer request. Banks have rules for cashing checks and God's word has guidelines for answered prayers, basically the same thing. And they may even have more rules about cashing a check in a bank than God has guidelines for answered prayer. So we can get into these guidelines. We'll talk about them. Who has a right to prayer? Doesn't everybody have a right to prayer? The answer is no. John chapter 9 and verse 31 says that sinners have no right to pray. Now, if they turn a request before God to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior and make it a prayer, he'll hear that. But the verse says in John 9, 31, we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears them. Notice two things. Number one, he's a worshiper of God, so he's close to God. Number two, he does his will. This is spiritual maturity according to the word of God. God's word is God's will. So he's simply saying, 
saying here again, if you're a worshiper of God, you've accepted him as Lord and Savior, you're a part of his kingdom, and next of all, you're coming to him according to God's will, then he hears him. The unbeliever is covered first in this verse. Does God hear the prayers of a sinner? a Buddhist, a Muslim, or a Unitarian, it seems not unless this Buddhist, this Muslim, this Unitarian wants to come and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Again, if they pray this and make it a prayer, God will uh, hear them. Now, we do find one person in the Word of God that prayed as a sinner and prayed for salvation in Luke 18, verse 13, where a sinner said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, most other cases, it's simply just admitting that you're a sinner, admitting that you need Jesus and accepting him as Lord and Savior. Again, I mentioned this yesterday. We often make it a prayer when really, according to the Word of God, it doesn't have to be. And according to the Word of God, it's not necessary. If you lead a person to Jesus, just ask them this. Have you opened up your heart to receive Jesus? Yes, just now I did. Have you confessed him as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. Did you accept him into your life as your Savior and your Lord? Yes, I have. Then you are born again. They may have made that a prayer. They may not have made that a prayer. But we often today, we make it a prayer. We bring somebody to the front of the church service. We pray with them, have them pray with us, and repeat a prayer. And that's wonderful. That's fine. Again, the Bible doesn't say anything about it having to be a prayer. It's mainly just the confession, the speaking out that Jesus Christ, I've accepted him into my life. And number two, I've accepted Jesus Christ as the Savior and the Lord of my life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father but by me. That's John chapter 14 and verse 6. And there's one mediator between God and all mankind, the man Christ Jesus. That's 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. And prayer made to Buddha or Allah, never gets to God. You know why? Because there's only one mediator between God and man. People may say, well, I was, I'm a Buddhist. I, I believe in Allah. Uh, is, you know, I, I believe I'm connected to God. Jesus said, I am the only way. One mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved than through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Psalms teach us that all other gods worshiped by man are demons. Not only does Psalms teach it, other ones teach it also that anyone who worships anybody but God is really worshiping demons. You know why? Because there is only one God. You say, well, I'm worshiping another God. Well, there's no other God except God. So if you're worshiping anything else, you're worshiping demons. You're coming and listen, all other religions all around the world that do not believe in God as our Father and Jesus Christ as the only mediator between us and him is backed by demonic forces. A believer's first prayers can be praise and thanksgiving because you have now entered into God's courts. You've entered into his kingdom. And in Psalm 100 and verse 4, it says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. You know, that gate that you're entering in could be the gate of the new birth because Jesus talked about the road and broad is the gate, broad is the door that leads to destruction, narrow is the gate, narrow is the door that leads to eternal life. So again, we can enter his gates with thanksgiving, that's salvation, rejoicing, thanking God for it. Think of the man that was healed at the gate, beautiful. Not only did he walk and leap, but the last thing it says was he was praising God. 
And somewhere in one of those jumps up and down, he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And then he followed them into the temple. But Psalm 100 verse four says again, enter his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, be thankful to him and bless his name. It's all right as far as a new person in Jesus is concerned to be thankful, to praise God and all that. But again, the first thing that should happen when we enter the kingdom of God is not prayer, but study of God's word. Jesus said to those Jews that just believed in him, he said, says, now that you have believed in me, he says, go to my word and begin to study it because this is the foundation for your life. And by this, you will be my disciple. The believer is covered next in the verse of scriptures that we have. Prayers which can be answered must be prayed by Christians who understands God's will and do it. This is the verse again where it says, God doesn't hear the prayer of sinners, but those who again uh, trust in him and those who stand on his word and come by his will. So again, what we come back to, prayers which can be answered must be prayed by Christians who understands God's will and do it. In other words, do you have an account in this bank? Yes. I've accepted Jesus as my savior. My account was wide open. Do you have money deposited in that account? Yes, I have been studying God's word and I'm making sure that this petition I'm coming before God with lines up with his word. In fact, I'm quoting his word in here to put him in remembrance of what he has said. And so it simply comes back to this. Is there enough in your account to cover this check? And the point of it is, is yes. I believe I have studied God's word enough and understand this petition I'm bringing before him. In that case, you can shout out to God, glory be to God, this prayer is coming to God and he will answer it at just the right time. I will see you right after the break when we come back. In Ephesians 6, 18, the expanded translation says, praying always at all times with all prayer, different kinds of prayer and supplication, that is praying in the spirit. The Prayer Flash Drive presents a biblical explanation of each type of prayer found in Scripture, including praying in the Spirit, binding and loosing, the prayer of consecration, the prayer of agreement, the prayer of faith, and many more. The Flash Drive also includes a series on the power of prayer and the prayers of Paul. In studying the prayers of Paul, you will learn that Paul rarely prayed for his own needs. He mainly prayed for others, especially for believers. The Prayer Flash Drive contains 37 MP3 audio lessons by Bob Yandian, a topical study on prayer. To order the Prayer Flash Drive, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, 
This teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. All right, we're in the final countdown of this broadcast. I'm simply going to put it this way. How can I put it to where you'll understand it? Be blunt, yet get the point across. God answers prayers his way, not your way. Prayers are not a formula to get God to just do anything for you or anyone out there listening. I want to be left alone so I can live for myself. Then when I get into trouble, I want him to hear my prayer and deliver me. That is selfish praying, and this is not what God is going to answer. Prayer is intended for all seasons of life, in prosperity as well as poverty, in times of rejoicing as well as in times of turmoil, in times of closeness with God, not just times of desperation and loneliness. This is why maturity must be the guide for our prayers. The most powerful prayer you can pray is praying the word of God or praying in line with the word of God, quoting the word or making sure your petition is found in the word of God so you can expect the answer which is told will come to you from the word of God. Our prayer motive is primarily to have answered prayer. John 14, 13 backs this up. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so the Father may be glorified in the Son. James chapter one, verses six and seven, let him ask in faith. Faith is your knowledge of the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing or understanding the word of God. So let him ask in faith, his understanding and knowledge of the word of God. And he goes on to say with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord. So if you ask, but you're filled with doubt, you're not sure he's going to answer the prayer. You're not even sure he hears the prayer. It says, you might as well just quit praying. You're just blowing words up into the air that are not going to be answered. James 4, 3. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may consume it on your own lust. Lord, I want that car. Lord, I want that house. Lord, I want this amount of money. What's it for? I just want it. And you're my heavenly father. So like an earthly father, you're supposed to get it for me. And God says, no, you're asking amiss that you can consume it on your own lusts. Lusts are not the foundation for prayer. Faith in God and love for people is the reason why God will answer your prayer. The name of Jesus is not a magic formula in prayer. You know, there's a time Loretta and I, we were uh, just learning about prayer, learning about the power of faith, learning about these things. And I had a little side business. I wasn't getting paid enough the job to carry me through. So I had a side business of making cassette tapes. You remember cassette tapes? Well, anyway, I was making cassette tapes and one of the, the people I made it for was for Full Gospel Business. And they had a major, major convention coming to town, a huge one. And I was going to duplicate all the cassette tapes. I made a certain amount of, so my wife and I sat down, here's what we prayed. Lord, we're trusting that this many people will come to the meeting and we're trusting that the end of it, Loretta and I will have $10,000 left over. That's gonna get us out of debt and that's gonna settle all of our bills. And so by the time that the thing was over, the attendance that we prayed for didn't show up and we ended up with $3,000. We were disappointed. And you know what? We begin to doubt whether the word of God was true. Ask what you will, it shall be done. Well, it says right there that we can do that, but we didn't match up the guidelines. 
In other words, we had an account with God, but we didn't have enough in that account as far as faith and storage of the word of God to cash that petition that we asked of him. And after it was over, we got together and said, well, maybe, maybe, maybe we asked for something too big at the time. Our faith wasn't there and we had to laugh about it. And we should say, Lord, just forgive us. Well, I mean, here we were putting you on the line and yet, you know, we were out of line with your word. Later on, it wasn't that much later, you know, we were in need of a car and we just just knew this guy that was my boss who knew Jesus was gonna give us his brand new Lincoln. You know what? It never happened. Again, we had to laugh at ourselves. We stretched ourselves way out too far. We learned in time that answered prayers increase as our maturity increases, as our faith increases, as our understanding of God's word increase. Maturity is equal to the growth of faith and the growth of your knowledge in the word of God. This is what causes prayers to grow and prayer answers to grow and the size of your answers to grow in the days to come. Stick with the word of God. If you don't know the word of God, go find the word of God, understand the word of God, begin to meditate on the promises of God, and then put that in the form of a prayer. And all I can say is that's the power that's gonna cause your prayers to begin to operate. Knowing what God does not say about prayer is also important. There are more verses about God's promises not to answer prayer than those about God's promises to answer prayer. Let's take a look at Proverbs chapter one. We're gonna read verse 24 down through verse 31. And here the Lord says, because I called on you and refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But you have said it not, all my counsel and listened to none of my reproof. These are people that are praying without, first of all, getting the counsel of God and the, and the reproofs of God and they won't listen to God. I, God, will laugh at you when your calamity comes. I will mock you when your fear comes. When your fear comes as desolation and your destruction comes as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish comes upon you, then shall they call on me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early but they shall not find me for they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear or the reverence of the Lord. They would not keep any of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. Instead of trying to make God see things as you do, you need to see things as God does. Then prayers will be answered. Prayers are answered by somebody who is walking in the counsel of God and has the heart of God for people's needs and has the heart of God for what they're going to do with it and not squander it on themselves, or as it says in James, to heap it upon their own lusts. God does not always answer every prayer of a Christian. Just as we can be assured of drawing money out of a bank if we have an account with money in it, we can be just as assured of answered prayers. But so is the opposite. If we don't come to God by his word and obedience to it, we have no assurance of answered prayer. Psalm 66 in verse 18 says this, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. What does that word mean, to regard iniquity? It means to know for sure you've sinned, but you refuse to do anything about it. You puff up in pride and say, I don't think I need to confess. It wasn't that bad of a sin. Besides, I think I was justified in what I was doing. No, this sin needs to be forgiven first. First John 1, 9, and then the Lord will hear your prayer. Psalm 84, verses 11 and 12. The Lord is a sun and a shield. He will give grace and glory, and no good thing will he withhold 
from those who walk uprightly. Did you catch that? No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. In other words, obedience to God is what he's looking for. Obedience to his word is what he's looking for and not for sincerity, not for energy, not for shouting your prayer, not for stomping on the ground. All the things we sometimes do to try to emphasize it and try to turn God toward our direction, thinking if I yell loud enough, God will hear me. If I stomp hard enough, he'll respect me when all he's looking for is he just wants you to walk in simple faith according to his word and guide your prayer. You can have a prayer that doesn't shout, yell, stomp on the ground. You can have a prayer that's actually kind of quiet. Maybe nobody around you hears it, but God will answer it. Jesus walked up to the tomb of Lazarus and simply said, God, I'm glad you hear me. What a simple prayer. What a simple prayer. And you know what? Lazarus was raised from the dead. Again, answered prayer is related to maturity. God relates answered prayer more to our fellowship with him than to our relationship with him. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that God's gonna answer your prayer. He wants to know on your fellowship with him and your understanding of him, your knowledge of the word of God, your daily walk with him is the most important thing. But doesn't the word say if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us and we have the petition we desire of him? That's 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. The key to that verse is this, according to his will. If we ask anything according to his will, we want to kind of leave out those four words. And we just want to have the petition, bring it to God, and he answers it. No, you ask it according to his will, not only must there be no hidden known sins, but we must also ask according to God's word, according to God's plan. And this is what he gives to us. We might also ask God for something we're not ready for and can't even handle, and God will not give it to us. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So God has good things, but he's not gonna withhold them from us for no reason. No, he simply withholds them from us because we are not walking uprightly before him. He will withhold something that's not good for us. But if we walk according to his will, he will not withhold anything that is good for us. Your four-year-old wants to play with a butcher knife, but someday that may be a good thing and he will have grown up and he's capable of correctly handling it. Then he will be given it. But most prayer and answers to prayer are not a gift of grace, but a reward of good works. We are saved by good works, and one of them could be prayer, Ephesians 2.10, but God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In prayer, you must diligently seek God, and when we die, our works, which includes answered prayer, follow us, Revelation 14.13, and we'll be rewarded because of them. Let's talk about prayer in Jesus' name. John chapter 14 and verse 13 says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. But Jesus' name is not a magic wand, nor is it just a magic name that we say over something. What does it mean to ask in Jesus' name? The name of Jesus is not a formula to open heaven. Heaven is open. The name of Jesus is the power of attorney. We ask as if Jesus was speaking. Power of attorney does not go against our chief attorney or against God's laws. Does Jesus affirm your prayer? Would he himself pray the same prayer and ask for exactly the same thing? That ought to be your knowledge and your direction and your guidance in prayer.
Jesus doesn't want his name to attach to something that he does not agree with. The entire Trinity backs legitimate prayer. The Father backs us with the blood of his son, Jesus. God can answer the prayer of a sinner who accepts Jesus because Jesus paid the answer for the prayer. And again, I pointed out this person could just simply receive Jesus or they can pray it. God can answer the prayer of a believer because Jesus paid for everything that pertains to life and godliness. All scriptural prayer is answered by the power of the Holy Spirit. That prayer is made according to God's will and paid for by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. James 5.16 says the effective, fervent, this means operative or working, let's put that in there. The fervent, operative, working prayer of a righteous man avails much. You wanna have your prayer overcome situations and trials? Then simply pray a prayer that's effective. Pray a prayer from a righteous person. Pray it in line with God's word. Stand back and watch God begin to answer in your life like never before. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.